Music soothes the soul. The old saying rings true to many of us, but did you know that there is real scientific evidence backing that claim? Music therapy is a new, relatively form of therapy that can help patients overcome a variety of psychological and physical conditions. This form of therapy isn't easily found in Taiwan, with only about 50 licensed therapists at a handful of hospitals. But these therapists make a real impact on patients who are hard to help in other ways. Here's this week's Sunday Special Report. He claps along to the beat, playing a game with his teacher. This is six-year-old Yuan Yuan, who's thrilled to be listening to music in class. It's hard to imagine that when Yuan Yuan first arrived in this classroom just over a year ago, he had no social skills and dared not even look at his teacher. Why do I say he was not interacting with me? When he first came here, he was about five years old. Often, he'd be unable to look at me in the eyes. That means one thing, that he didn't know how to react. He didn't know how to respond to the situation. In our assessments back then, one salient point was that he made very little eye contact and he had very little interest in interacting with others. Simply put, he was just in a world of his own, living in his own world. Yuan Yuan has autism and at times seems as if he were disconnected from the world. From a young age, he struggled to interact with others. He has trouble expressing himself and uses very few facial expressions. According to his father, he can be stubborn and frequently throws tantrums. He acts up at the drop of a hat. Once he gets angry, he lies on the floor and refuses to walk. It doesn't matter where we are. He even does it outside. He doesn't care if there is water on the ground or if there are people around or security cameras. He doesn't care. He's angry and that's that. Yuan Yuan's father sought early intervention therapy for his son, but the results were disappointing. But then he found music therapist Chiu Wen Qi. At the time, I was very frustrated. First, the therapy wasn't helping. Secondly, it was a waste of time. Thirdly, I was spending so much time trying to find help for him with little to show for it. To be honest, his temper wasn't very good at the time. It was only in the last two or three years that he's improved by leaps and bounds, with help from his social welfare organization and his music therapist. That level of interaction is a bit too advanced for him, but for now, we're just asking him to interact with objects, for instance, by knocking one stick against another. He probably feels that he's just playing with sticks and not necessarily that he's playing with a big sister. But even so, this is a great first step. Oh, 
I create a structure in the music. For example, if we're playing with a toy train, I will make a sound. When the train stops, I go quiet. Things like that. I pair his experience of playing with a sound. I create a pattern. Then I change the pattern to induce him to interact with me. We've also begun to play with our voices. For example, when I sing, I might imitate the sounds he makes and compose a song out of it. I turn it into a song. For him, music is very important because it provides him with a structure. He doesn't need to make a huge effort to focus on the teacher to assess the information. There is no need. He can assess it simply through his sense of hearing. Music has helped humans to express themselves for millennia, but it wasn't until after World War II in the 1950s that attention turned to music as a therapy for soldiers suffering the trauma of war. Unable to overcome the psychological impact of war, after living in these trenches full of mud, dirt, and dead bodies, hide themselves at the it is generally agreed that it started around World War II. The war led to many casualties, and many soldiers were injured. It left a lot of people with mental trauma. Over in the U.S. and in the U.K., there were musicians who wanted to help soldiers recover from their physical and mental wounds. They discovered that music could actually be helpful. The idea developed in the U.K. and the U.S., and after six or seven years, it started spreading to the rest of the world. Scientists in the U.S. began studying how music could change human cognition and behavior, but it was only in 1980 that Taiwanese students started bringing the concept they had studied overseas back to Taiwan. It was around that time that Cho decided to become a music therapist. At the time, she was in a special music program at her high school, and she heard an alumnus share her overseas experiences with music therapy. Cho was moved and decided on music therapy as a career. Back in the day, no Taiwan university offered a major in music therapy, so she had no option but to study abroad. Cho ended up going to the U.S. to obtain a master's degree and pursue her dreams. Take my hand, take my as they say, patients aren't a disease, they are people. Even if you've studied abnormal psychology, you only understand the disease and not the person in front of you. So, when I interact with patients, I really try to keep that in mind. I try to understand people by interacting with them. I'm not just trying to understand their condition. Today, only Taiwan Donghai University and Furin Catholic University offer courses in music therapy. Graduates with a bachelor's degree must undergo 1,000 hours as interns in order to be granted a music therapy license. This license is issued by the Music Therapy Association of Taiwan and is not considered a professional license by the government. Of course, the best thing would be for there to be legislation on musical therapists, to have licenses that are recognized by the government. That's how it is in many countries. People seeking musical therapy for the greater public, such a license is a form of assurance. That way, they can know what to look for in a music therapist, see whether they are qualified. This music student playing the guitar is Ye Ting Yun. 
Mondays to Fridays, you'll usually find her in a white robe as she's an oral surgeon. 很长业务是在拔智齿做口腔手术。Extracting wisdom teeth is one of the most common procedures I perform as an oral surgeon. When I perform these operations, I can clearly feel when patients are anxious and nervous. And I also notice that when their anxiety levels are higher, their tolerance for discomfort drops significantly. So now, if I'm going to pull out a wisdom tooth, I might ask the patient if there's any music they'd like to listen to. Ye applies what she learns in class to her workplace. She says music therapy has the potential to help in many medical situations. Music therapy is being used in rehabilitation programs for stroke patients. There is a lot of data and evidence that says it can be useful in post-stroke rehabilitation. It has a very pronounced effect on patients. For instance, there was a case of a congresswoman in the U.S. who suffered a stroke and was later unable to speak. She was a politician, so she used to be able to speak very eloquently before the stroke, but afterwards she couldn't speak at all. Thanks to music therapy, she was able to speak again. Hello, I'm Peter. How are you? Because music therapy is unregulated by the central government, anyone can claim to be a music therapist. People who need therapy may be afraid to seek it out for fear of paying money for a scam. This fear has fueled doubts and concerns about the entire therapeutic field. 生理回馈可以测你的生理指标的变化，好，或者是说，呃 ，physiological feedback can be measured via changes in physiological indicators. You can also use functional magnetic resonance imaging to see the changes in the brain. Or you can also use assessment scales to measure changes to patients' physiological dimensions. You can observe the patient's behavior. You can compare objective behavioral patterns to see changes in the person. All these are quantifiable indicators. What's the science behind music therapy? Does it have a measurable positive effect? The answer is yes, according to one neurosurgeon. I heard music after music, the frequency of music actually affects our brain. It actually affects our brain. For example, if we are in a stressed or anxious situation, when we listen to music, the frequencies from the music enter our brain, and that affects the shape of our brain waves. For example, when we are nervous or anxious, our brain waves are faster. When you hear a lullaby or mellow tones, and your brain receives that, your brain waves actually slow down, and you feel less agitated. It's all about nerve conduction and nerve connections. So actually, it's just like what they said in ancient times: music can cultivate your temperament. It really can help. 抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓抓
He's even making attempts to speak. Ever since the music therapist started working with my son, he's become livelier. At other organizations, therapy classes have a set process. But for me and my personality, I don't like education styles that are very rigid. I feel very constricted by that. When I first saw the music therapist on a video platform, I thought it was very special. It so happened that she was treating a child with a condition similar to Yuan Yuan's. It was almost the same. Okay. Music therapy is still in its early stages in Taiwan, and there are people who have reservations about its potential. But if you're wondering whether music can help, one look at the smile on Yuan Yuan's face, and you'll know the answer. Forty-one thousand four hundred and eighty-four local cases of COVID were reported on Sunday. That's three thousand cases fewer than last Sunday, or a drop of six point seven percent. The day's COVID-related death toll stood at sixty-five. Among the moderate to severe cases was a teenage girl with the multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children, or MISC, the sixth in her age group to date. The most prevalent subvariant in Taiwan is still BA5. However, this wave of the Omicron variant has been going around for quite a while, and many new subvariants have come to the fore. In the UK, the BQ1 amounts to 8% of COVID cases. In the US, the BF7 and the BA2.75 have been found in 7% and 5% of cases, respectively. Tropical Storm Nisat is currently southwest of Taiwan and moving westward away from the island. However, due to the combined effect of the storm's outer periphery and the northwest monsoon, the Central Weather Bureau has issued torrential rain warnings for 12 cities and counties. From now to Monday, Taiwan's northern and eastern regions will get the brunt of the rainfall. The highest accumulated rainfall at more than 700 millimeters has recorded in Datong Township in Ilan County. The CWB says the rain won't let up until Tuesday. As the entire vortex of the storm gradually moves westward, future rainfall will be more likely to be in the greater Taipei area and Yilan. The storm brings in moisture from the south, and the northeast monsoon happens to bring moisture toward Taiwan proper. Days of continuous rain in Ilan have raised the water levels of Lanyang River. Water levels are approaching the upper limit as marked under the Lanyang Bridge. Extensive flooding occurred in Qixian Village in Yuanshan Township, with floodwater as deep as 80 centimeters. Taipei's Yangmingshan National Park also experienced heavy torrential rain, which caused two mudslides at the intersection of Yangjing Highway and Zhongxing Road. The highway has been partly cleared with just one lane open. As cross-strait tensions continue to rise, Taiwan's military is beefing up, and that includes finding new recruits. 
For the first time, the Recruitment Center of the National Armed Forces took part in an annual miniatures exhibition and set up booths to display weaponry. Various military units took part, including secretive agencies that rarely engage with the public. This was the first time for the Recruitment Center to collaborate with a civilian organization. Knowing that there would be military buffs at the Taiwan Model Show, military recruiters set up booths at the annual event held at the Taipei Expo Park. For the first time, not only did the Special Forces, the Army, Navy, Air Force and Marine Corps schools take part, the academies of the three branches of the military also were there, along with seldom seen units, such as Special Ops Groups and the Army Aviation Command. They all set up booths at the venue to attract recruits. Everything from Lego models to weapons and equipment built to scale were put on display to attract people. Sure enough, passers-by stopped to see what was on offer. It's not bad. I think it's great that kids can get to know all this. People that are just passing by can get a better understanding of this. Visitors were largely impressed with the recruitment centre's latest tactic. Despite the brevity of the two-day event, the results were quite good. We have three military academies along with polytechnic and junior colleges. The second half is our army, especially the marines and special forces. They seldom make an appearance. Now we can let young students see the might of our youthful troops. Yesterday, the people who inquired were very enthusiastic. There were about 200 to 300 people, and about 50 to 60 of them left personal information for us to follow up on. The exhibition has set a precedent. I hope that if there are future activities where many young people turn up, we can be allowed to participate and set up booths so that more young students and the general public can get to know our military and join our armed forces. This was the first time for the recruitment centre of the National Armed Forces to collaborate with an NGO. The centre hopes that it will have more opportunities like this to find talent among the general public so that more people can join the ranks of those who defend the homeland. Chinese President Xi Jinping said once again on Sunday that China would not renounce the use of military force to retake Taiwan. In his opening speech at the 20th National Congress of the CCP, Xi noted that China opposed secession and should take the lead in the direction of cross-strait relations. He also said the problem of Taiwan needed to be decided on by the entire Chinese people. In response, Taiwan's presidential office said Taiwan resolutely rejects the one country, two systems proposition, which China has used for Hong Kong since 1997. It would also never make any concessions on its territorial integrity. The Mainland Affairs Council also chimed in, urging China to abandon the imposition of any political frameworks on Taiwan and military coercion. Let's hear what some political pundits have to say. I have never come across this kind of rhetoric, which says we have and will always respect, care about and bring benefits to our Taiwanese compatriots, and will continue to do our utmost in promoting cooperation in cross-strait economic and cultural exchanges. Even in August, China did not have these lines in its Taiwan policy white paper. This is going in a moderate direction. 
It seems like he's going to be even softer with his soft tactics. It seems like he intends to use the next five years to find ways to bridge the huge distance and estrangement between the peoples on either side of the Taiwan Strait that's been created in the past. However, he didn't abandon the hard tactics either. He pointed even more clearly to this in the part where he mentions Taiwan independence elements colluding with foreign forces. After the Congress is over, Xi is expected to have secured an unprecedented third term, making him the Chinese leader with the longest tenure since Mao Zedong. All eyes are sure to be on emerging relations between Taiwan and China in the future.